Welcome to Sports Spectrum, the sports and faith podcast that brings Jesus back into the conversation. Here's your host, Jason Romano. This episode of the Sports Spectrum Podcast, part two of our conversation with ESPN NFL host Samantha Ponder, is brought to you by Compassion International. We've talked about Compassion. They do such a great job releasing children from poverty, and we're so thankful to have them as a partner and a sponsor here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. And with all of us at Sports Spectrum, just grateful for the great work being done by Compassion. This is your chance to release a child from poverty. You can make a difference you can choose a child to sponsor. You can go and visit Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. And when you do that, you'll see a list of children. Literally, they each have their own sort of website that you can click through and learn more about where they're from, what their age is, uh, their sort of background, that type of thing. And then you pray about it and pick a child and sponsor them. It's that simple. We've done that. My wife, my daughter, myself, we sponsor a a 13-year-old boy from Haiti, and it's the best $38 we spend every single month. I know I say this on every podcast, but it's really true. So we want to invite you. We want to challenge you. Make room around your dinner table to help a child who needs you. And you can do that. You can change the trajectory of a child's life by sponsoring them through Compassion. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. More powerful than poverty. You can make the difference. Sponsor a child today. Today's guest on the podcast, part two of our conversation with Samantha Ponder from ESPN. She hosts Sunday NFL Countdown, 10 a.m. Eastern every Sunday during the NFL season on ESPN. Sam is married to Christian Ponder, the former NFL quarterback and Florida State standout, and has three children, Scout, True, and Price. Great names for kids. I love that. And on part two of our conversation, we talked to Sam about social media about what that looks like. Does she even like social media? That was the question I posed to her as we start this podcast, part two. Does she like social media? We also talk about um, being married and the crazy story of how she met Christian and ended up marrying him, which is uh, such a cool story. And I know she's told it before, but I just felt it was so good that we had to share it here on the podcast. And then we talk a little bit about a platform and of course, about what the Lord's teaching her during this season of life. Part two of our conversation with Sam Ponder. Really like talking to her. She's been somebody I've wanted to get on this podcast for a while, sort of a bucket list interview for sure. And we're grateful to have her here on Sports Spectrum. So take a listen. Here's part two of our conversation with Samantha Ponder from Sunday NFL Countdown over at ESPN right here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Take a listen. Do you like social media? I have. I, I literally just wrote those five words because I lo- I'm on there a lot. Obviously, we we all kind of have to be on there for our jobs on some yeah. level or an, or another. I love how you use Instagram stories, like you said, to share sort of the you know the the life as a mom and with your kids and putting scout you know pictures of scout and things like that on there. It's wonderful. But then there's the the, the negative side and the trolls and just the the, the naysayers and the people who just want to you know, breathe fire in every single post that they send. Do you like social media? Well, it depends. I've gone through periods like, look, my, my, I don't know, my flesh, if you will, to use like a Christianese term, (laughs) uh, when things were good. Yeah. I love social media. You know, when people are telling you, great job, you're awesome. Like, shoot, everybody loves that. And then when it gets bad, all of a sudden it's like social media is terrible. And what I was reminded of, I don't know if you ever read this book to your daughter or seen this book before, but, um, shoot. And I'm, 
blanking on the actual name, but it's, it's the story about the Wemix, and it's by Max Lucado. And it's the the basis of the story is that there are these wooden people that give each other dots or stars. And if they do something good, they jump really high, they give them a star. If they do something bad, they give them dots. Mm. And there's finally this one wooden person where neither the dots nor the stars would stick. And the whole question was like, how, how is that possible? Like people would try and give them dots and give them stars and nothing would ever stick. And the message was that he would go and see um, the woodworker, which was, you know, the, the, uh, the God of the story. And, and the more time they spent with their maker, the fewer, you know, dots or stars would, would stick. And that was a, probably not the best way of explaining the story. But what I took away from that was just like, if I could just get my focus right, you know, if, if my focus could be on like, all right, Lord, what is today supposed to be and get it off of myself, then like maybe the, all the social media stuff wouldn't be so impactful. I mean, I used to after games, just like look at my mentions and I could feel great. Like I could feel like, oh, I did a pretty good job out there today. But then I would get on Twitter and people would be saying, oh, you're terrible, you're fat, you're ugly, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I didn't do that. Well, I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. What, what are we doing here? These are broken people who are telling me how broken I am. Like we got to quit putting so much um, onto these people, giving them so much power. So it's, it's been a struggle for me for sure. I do feel like I've gotten a lot better at it. Um, and, and part of that is very practical. I've just u- learned how to use filters. Like on Twitter, I don't even see the vast majority of, I'm sure, what are really negative things towards me because in order to uh, get in my mentions, you have to like fill a, fill out like a certain number of things in terms of like you have a, a verified email address. And, you know, so it keeps yeah. some of it away. But um, I don't know. It's a struggle. And I don't know how to, you know, there was no generation before us to be like, here's, here's how you use social media, you know, like, here's how you do it in a healthy way. Like, we're all figuring this out as we go, which is kind of scary. And and certainly scares me for our children to grow up with this, where for the first time ever, your value as a human being is actually quantifiable. Like it's, we can count it in followers and like, like that's never happened in human history. So, um, yeah, it's concerning for sure. And I, I certainly don't think I've figured it all out, but at least I feel like I'm getting a little better at it. One of my favorite authors, you mentioned books is Bob Goff and he's really my hero. I think in the way this guy lives his life, I'm sure you know about Bob and his book, everybody always, um, which I loved. I was kind of angry reading it because it, it convicted me personally. And I'm wondering for you, have you read that book? Everybody always. It's one of my favorites, yes, and I love Bob. He's amazing. He's an unbelievable human being, and, and just his his writing is incredible. But I wonder, is it was it hard for you because of that scrutiny that comes from working in such a public job to do that? I mean, I was really convicted by by what he said because everything is it's biblical. It's not like he's you know taking words and and trying to turning the Bible into something else. It's it's no, he's he's showing us through what the word says, how to live our lives by loving and, and valuing everybody always, as he says, what did that, I guess, what did that book do for you and, and just convict you, I guess, maybe, or help yeah. you along the way? Yeah. I think at first it was that struggle of I've, my, my whole life. I've been so obsessed with like loyalty and justice, these things <laughs> that obviously are very important, but I think I made them ultimate things instead of like 
being like, God can handle the justice department. I don't need to be his little like sheriff going around. <laughs> um, but so once I got past that, once I got past that, but if somebody wrongs you, like they need to know that they're wrong and yeah. you know, there is a right and wrong and black and white. And like a lot of those things are true, but that's not what God asks us to do. Like God is fully capable of handling that. And so in a way, once I got through his book and really just kind of like sat on some of that stuff for a little while, I found it to be incredibly exciting. Like it takes the burden off of you to be what Bob calls like an attorney for God. Yeah. You know, I just, I felt like I spent so much of my time thinking about like, well, this is wrong. And how could this person do this? Even when they were terrible things, like I found it to be such a, a freeing thing that when someone like, I mean, really wrongs you. Yeah. And I've had a few of those experiences over the last five or so years to not just in action, but in your heart, get to the place where you can say, like, I can love you anyway. And it is so hard. But I, I will say I, I feel like I'm at this stage of my life right now. I mean, this is recently, like just recently, yeah. where I'm finally seeing like how much better life is when you just let it go. Like, just let it go. I've learned that, I mean, over the last year, just time and time again. And I hope I'm finally, like, learning it, learning it. You know, sometimes you, like, feel like you learn something. And then God's like, actually, you didn't really pick that up. <laughs> so let's try <laughs> and do this again. But, man, it changes the way you handle relationships. I mean, for us, it, for me personally, it came out of, like, some trauma, you know, or we almost lost our newborn about a month ago yeah. and um, going through that and feeling the pain and like the desperation of that and then feeling all the feelings that came afterwards, man, does it, it's so, so cliche, but it like makes you so much more compassionate. And once I turned my, my frame of mind from like who's right and who's wrong to like, how can I, show the love of God to people who sometimes don't deserve it. Just like me. Mm. Um, it's helped a ton. The way Bob lives his life, like you said, is just so inspiring. Um, <laughs> I mean, his yeah, office is at Disneyland. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For us, he's a company man, you know, anybody yeah. who works at, <laughs> at Disney, we like, but That's right. yeah, he's, he's amazing. He also reminds me a lot of my parents in terms of like the way he's parented where it's a little, out there a little like my, you know, I remember my parents like picking us up from school and being like, we're going to Ecuador for three weeks and yeah, you're going to miss school. But like I learned more in those three weeks than I probably did in two years of school. So right. just thinking outside of the box and letting God kind of lead your parenting also, I think he's such a great example of that. A couple more questions here with Sam Ponder on the, on the podcast. I, I, I can't, I guess we can't finish this podcast without hearing the story of how you met Christian and marrying him. I just think it's <laughs> such a great story. And I know you've told it over and over many times, but uh, I just think it's for our audience to hear that will be awesome. Because like you said, your parents weren't, you know, sort of parented a little differently. Well, you, your marriage and the way you met your husband is a little different than most as well. So can you share that story? Yeah, you just want me to share because you want the audience to have a good laugh at my expense. But I, yeah, I appreciate I mean, you know, the entertainment value of that. I want to laugh. So how's that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, no, for me, I mean, look, I was so career driven and, you know, wasn't really thinking about like getting married or any of that kind of stuff. And 
Um, not that I thought I would never get married. It just wasn't really my focus. And then, you know, some dude up in Minnesota sends me a tweet. <laughs> and I remember at the time he had been with the Vikings, I think for a year, but I was all in on college football at the time. So I'm like, why is this former Florida state quarterback messaging me? Like we had no mutual friend, you know, on Twitter, it used to, I don't know if it still does, but it used to show you like who your mutual friends are and all yes. that. We didn't have any of those. Yeah. And he like, wasn't following any girls on Twitter. So I was like, what? Why is he reaching out? This is so random. And uh, anyway, he asked me some random question. Like I was living in Austin, Texas at the time. He's like, what's it like living in Austin? I've thought about, you know, getting a place down there. And I'm like, ask a realtor. Like what? Ask a friend. Like this is so weird. And as much as I make fun of him, I'm like, well, it worked because I responded. So we we technically met on Twitter. And then um, he came down. It was the weekend after it was I guess the fourth preseason game when they played on Thursday and then they had that weekend off and it was the night before my first college game day in Dallas and he came down and we met that night I mean both of our lives were just crazy at the time and we started dating. We, he literally would fly down from Minnesota. This is terrible. I don't recommend uh, second-year starting quarterbacks to do this, but he would fly down from Minnesota uh, to Austin on Mondays on their off day. Um, I do remember one time – this is so terrible. I can't believe I'm saying this, but he got a call. I can't remember if it was Rick Spielman or some, maybe it was his head coach. And they were like, hey, we need you to, we need you to come in today. But it was a Monday, like normally when they would have off. And he's like, um – I'll be there in like five hours. <laughs> like this is this is not good. And at the time, it, you know, people would be like, "Gosh, you got to get your priorities right." You know, you got to worry about football. But like, I think we both knew because that was September first, two thousand twelve, when we met, and we were married December seventeenth, two thousand twelve. So like, literally four months. Um, but we both knew like we're gonna get married. So for us, like, even though it cost us some things in our jobs and time-wise and all of that, um, for us, it, it was a bigger priority and was more important long-term. So uh, we had just a whirlwind dating experience, and then we got married in a courthouse uh, in lovely <laughs> Hudson, Wisconsin on December 17th with two witnesses. One was named Jalissa, and I can't remember the other. They were strangers, and they both cried um, <laughs> while Christian and I were like, well, it was funny because the guy who officiated it, another stranger, um, he thought he was being punked. He told the newspaper the next day that he thought it was like some hidden camera show or something right. and that it wasn't real. So he's giving this speech. I mean, we just wanted him to literally like say you're married basically. And he was like, may the wind always be at your backs and may, and we're trying to keep a straight face. I mean, to say it was not a romantic situation um, is to put it lightly, but yeah, for us, it, it worked. I mean, then we went that night. We got married. We didn't tell anybody, including our parents. Sorry, mom and dad. Um, and we went, the offensive line had an ugly sweater Christmas party. So that was how we celebrated our, we went to Arby's right after. Arby's, that, you know, oh, priorities. Big time. Yeah, you need uh, some roast beef and curly fries after you've just said an eternal I do. Um, but we, and then we went to the ugly sweater party with the alignment. So, I mean, that it kind of like defines the way our whole lives have gone. Just like, you know, you figure it out as you go and things are a little wild, but, uh, as long as you got the most important stuff, right. We both knew that we were committed and it wasn't just about like, oh, we have this exciting feeling. Like we believed the same things about what marriage is and how it's really more of a reflection of, uh, God and his design for humans than 
it is like about us satisfying ourselves and each other and and getting something from someone. So we've messed up a ton of stuff and we still struggle um, daily. But yeah, yeah, it was a crazy start. Did you uh, end up having like a big ceremony, you know, after like in the in the <laughs> off season? Because for I just think about my wife. If I did that, my wife would have been like, "What in the world is wrong with you? I want the white dress and I want the 150 people to celebrate and I want to have my day." So were you able so, to actually have that? That we were kind of opposite because I never really I didn't grow up like really caring about the the dress and the wedding and all like literally I got my dress out of a garbage bin in the secondhand store for 1997. That's, That's $19. Um, but <laughs> and did not get it tailored or anything, which is, it says more about me. And I, I probably should have cared more and like put more effort into all this kind of stuff now in hindsight. But I, Christian really wanted to do, I mean, we both wanted to do like a party and get our friends together and everything, yeah. but he came, he came from a Catholic background and I think it was really important to his family too, to, kind of be a part of it and and see all of that. So we did, we had like a little ceremony in Phoenix and then we did a huge party like at a barn essentially and had like a drink donkey and we had food trucks and just made it fun. It, it wasn't very wedding like probably but it fit us we had we had chicken and waffles and chick-fil-a and it was a good time that sounds like a, par- a fun party to me i'm not complaining <laughs> about that at all that'd be awesome it was very low stress <laughs> when you have like ping pong tables at your wedding i mean it's hard to be stressed out absolutely all right well let's finish up with this and i really appreciate your time sam on the podcast and you know you talked about you know what you've been going through lately especially with the job but even your daughter price being born in there a big scare there um i just wonder for you right now in the season of life you're in the mom of three you know married now for gosh it'll be almost six years in it'll be six years in december what are you learning from the lord what is god teaching you in this season of life right now Man, so much. And I I think part of that is just that I'm finally taking the time. I mean, this is sad to admit, shameful really, but like taking the time to listen. You know, I, I was, as you can tell by the way I got married and my job stuff, I was just always in such a rush, you know, to get to some level of like, okay, if I get this job, then I'll feel like I'm, you know, enough. And, and then maybe if you, if you marry this great man and you you make this amount of money and then you have kids like it was just this constant like grasping for the next thing you know like what comes next and we sell that lie to our kids right the whole american dream like since they're little like what do you want to be when you grow up it's not like what kind of person do you want to be who do you want to be what do you want your soul to be like when you grow up it's like so you want to be a movie star or a doctor you know i i just think we and i'm not blaming this on parents or anything like that but like i bought into that lie really early on and didn't even realize it um where it just felt like i was always looking for the next thing and finally, I'm at a place now, and by the grace of God, who allowed me to experience some of those. I mean, some people will go their whole lives, as we've all seen, grasping for these things. And then they don't realize some of this stuff till they're 75. And by that point, it's kind of too late to get some of this stuff right. Yeah. Um, and for me, I feel so grateful that as much time as I've already wasted on some things, not to say there haven't been lessons to learn along the way, I'm finally, finally at a place now where I can say, like, man, none of this stuff is enough. Like it does not satisfy your soul. You can have all the stuff that you think 
is going to make you okay or make life better or make you not insecure anymore. And I just felt like God was constantly teaching me and I'm finally actually learning it. Like you will only find your identity, like your true identity that can't be taken away from some, by some Twitter trolls or by getting fired from your job or, you know, some sort of trauma in your family. I mean, all the things I've experienced recently, like nobody can take your identity in me away. And I want my identity to be in something that is immovable, unchangeable, like something that lasts because I'm surrounded in this industry, as you know, by like things that don't last, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's popularity or your ratings or gosh, as a female, especially your looks like that's a depreciating asset, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and, and I don't want to be one of those people that's just hanging on for dear life. If my identity is in the way I look or in how much money I make or shoot, even a good thing, like my family, like none of that stuff lasts eternally. Like I can't, I can't bank on that for who I am. So I just feel like God's finally getting through to me. I mean, I'm kind of a stubborn person, but finally getting through to me on like, just let that stuff go. Like I'm in charge of who is put up and who and who is put down. So like, let me have control over all that external stuff. Like you just get your heart right. You just get the stuff that we were talking about earlier, like loving people. Right. And that's, that's a struggle for me, unfortunately. Like I'm, I'm working on that. So I feel like he's teaching me something every day. I think the struggle is just whether or not I'm going to actually like let this stuff stick. And, and, uh, so I'm, I'm having to remind myself, I have like stickies all over my house, reminding myself of some of these things, but whatever it takes, you know, as we close here real quick, last thing I want to ask you, and maybe I'm putting you on the spot. Is there a Bible verse that you cling to? Is there like a life verse or has that evolved and changed over the years, but maybe a verse in the word that's been, uh, important to you of late? Yeah. I mean, gosh, that I think to your point, I think it does change a lot. Like I've had kind of like seasonal different life verses. Like I remember when I had like that, don't let anyone look down on you cause you're young. Well, yeah. that, that doesn't really work anymore <laughs> for where I'm at in life. And, um, but the one from the very beginning, it was like our, I don't know if caravans is like a nationwide thing, but that was like our kid group in church growing up. And we did like our caravan motto was Proverbs three, five and six, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding and all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. And it's so funny because that's like my struggle. I didn't realize it at the time, obviously, but that's my struggle is like leaning on my own understanding, like what is right and what is wrong and what would move me up in my career. And, you know, who should I make? Like I've, I've spent way too much time in my life leaning on my own understanding and just the freedom of learning to just trust that God knows better than me. Like he created the universe. He created me. Like you, you would think I would pick up on that, that I can just trust him. But it's been a a daily walk and I'm learning it over and over. But that verse has certainly helped. She is Samantha Ponder, ESPN NFL host. You can see her every Sunday morning on Sunday NFL Countdown on ESPN beginning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Three-hour show now, so it's a little longer, uh, but you can watch (laughs) Sam there. She's doing a great job and just appreciate you for joining us here in the podcast, Sam. Thank you so much and wish you nothing but the best. Thanks, Jason. You're doing great work, brother. I appreciate it. And we do appreciate Samantha Ponder for being here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast, part one of our conversation released yesterday, part two released today. You can find both episodes, both interviews, if you will, combined on sportspectrum.com, and you can listen to it there. We also appreciate Sam for just sharing her heart and just joining us and, and spending the time that she did talking about her walk with the Lord and talking about what God is teaching her and certainly her job 
and how she balances all that with being a mom and being a wife. So thanks to Sam Ponder for being here on the podcast. We also thank you for listening, and we thank Compassion International for sponsoring us here at Sports Spectrum. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum for $38 a month. You make a difference in a child's life by releasing them from poverty and giving them the one thing that they truly need, which is hope. But you also provide food, educational training, vocational training, what they need to survive and thrive. That's the difference you make through Compassion International. $38 a month. Sponsor a child today by going to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. $38 a month. Make a difference in a child's life. I promise you, you won't regret it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Reach us over at sportspectrum.com. That's the main website with all of the content found, including every podcast we've done, as well as daily devotionals and articles every single day on the intersection of sports and faith. We also have an increase article every day at sportspectrum.com, a first-person account sort of written by the athlete or by a team chaplain directly from them, written by them on the website every day. Really cool thing. So check it out, sportspectrum.com. You can also subscribe to our magazine, $18 for an entire year. What a deal. 18 bucks for the year gets you four issues of our magazine, including a fifth bonus issue, which is sort of a welcome issue, welcoming you to the Sports Spectrum family. But it's $18, $18 for an entire year. And I'm telling you, the magazine that we are producing is top-notch. It's a great-looking magazine, and you can share it, whether it's at youth group or at church or at a men's ministry or a conference or even just from a sports team. Sports Spectrum Magazine is an awesome tool, a really great magazine. So can't encourage you more to share that, to subscribe to that. $18 for the entire year. Go to sportspectrum.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time and appreciate you joining us here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Have a great rest of your day.